0: North Organic CBD is a new sponsor of Holding Court. I love their CBD gummies. They come in two delicious flavors, strawberry lemonade and green apple. I've had them both, both amazing. One a day and you're totally okay. I like to stay active, I like to keep playing tennis. I like to get in the gym. That's why I love North Organic CBD. Their products are made in the USA. They're high quality. They're specially formulated, broad-spectrum, organic CBD products for everyday adventurers. Don't forget about the very popular CBD salve from North Organics, immediate relief of any physical pain. I use it daily for my sore shoulders, sore knees, hips, you name it. It works wonders. Go to NorthOrganicCBD.com and enter PATRICK20, that's PATRICK20, for 20% off your order. Hi, everybody. I'm Patrick McEnroe, and this is Holding Court. Hello. It is Patrick McEnroe, and I am holding court, everyone. My last podcast from SW19. Of course, those of you who follow the championships, Wimbledon know that as the postal code for Wimbledon. So wrapping things up on a Sunday evening here from London, having just gotten back an hour or so ago from the men's championship final, won, of course, by Novak Djokovic in four. I mean, scintillating might be a little too strong of a word, but, I mean, it was outstanding tennis. It, it lacked... It lacked a certain drama uh, in each set uh, other than the final set, which went the fourth set, which went to a tie break. Um, and even that was one-sided from the beginning of the tie break. Uh, but, I mean, it was great tennis. It was spectacular tennis, in fact. It just it, it, it lacked... Um, Tension at the end of each set You had obviously the third set When it was four all uh, When Curios dropped the serve Having been up 40 love Lost his head for a minute Although that's something he does all the time You know, talk to his box Talk to the umpire And oftentimes it doesn't affect him But this time it did Or maybe you just say it, He would have lost it anyway from 40 love I mean, that's the thing about Curios That you just, you never really know Because somehow a lot of the time he's able to play through all of his chatter uh, and all of what seems to be things that would get in the way of a normal player being able to focus and and stay consistent. So I'm not just going to say that's totally what cost him because he was essentially like that for the entire match. I mean, he had had some couple games where it was more than normal. Uh, A lot of those games he won – uh, I'm not sure he's gonna look himself in the mirror and say that cost me the match. I just don't. I just don't see him doing that. And I'm not. It, it wasn't entirely clear to me that that's what cost him the match. I mean, what cost him the match was that he was playing Novak Djokovic. Okay. you about Nella by Fitbiomics. Uh, Absolutely amazing. Uh, This probiotic and what it's been doing for me, I've been taking it now for a couple of months. The gut fitness connection. You need a healthy gut. You want to be healthy. You want to stay fit. Uh, Nella is an unbelievable uh, advantage that you need to take. You got to do it. It helps you sleep, helps you work out, helps you feel better. Gut health is, we know, so important to optimal health, athletic performance. You know, my athletic performance, you know, not quite what it used to be at 56, but I give it a shot. I've been hitting the gym here in SW19 in London, enjoying it very much. So check it out, Nella by Fit Biomics. You can go to their website anytime and check it out. They do an unbelievable job. It's www.nella.fitbiomics.com to get your gut health to defy your own limits. And Novak Djokovic is uh, phenomenal, you know. On this surface, especially in the last, you know, four Wimbledon's which he's won, uh, twenty twenty, of course, didn't happen because of the pandemic. But you go back to really the last five six years and how much he's dominated this tournament because of the all court prowess, the defensive skills, the court being a little bit slower, so that you can't serve somewhat off the court, although Kyrgios certainly was able to do that for periods of the match. And Djokovic himself is able to uh, win a lot more points off his serve on grass because he has such great placement and gets help from the court. But the speed itself of the court is nowhere near as fast as it used to be. I mean, if you had a slight... I actually went out and hit a few at a Park the practice courts on Saturday. And it's amazing how if you hit a slice that doesn't have a lot on it, that sort of lands in the middle of the court, it basically completely stops. So it's like slows down. So, the so I mean, if you hit the ball well and you hit it with a lot of good slice, it will stay through the court. But if you don't do that, it will sit up. And, and back in the days when I was playing and, and before that, even the days of Sampras, dominating with the serve, I mean, pretty much anything you hit skidded to a certain extent. That's changed, to where if you can't generate your own pace, you're not going to get a ton of help from the court. So that's to me, is, is part of the reason why Djokovic is so dominant now. And maybe, not maybe, in my opinion, definitely more dominant on this surface more than any other because his defense is accentuated uh, by the nature of the surface. His serve has improved. His hands and play in the forecourt have gotten so much better. His ability to finish at the net... Uh, so you put the whole package together and he's totally dominant. And would Federer be as dominant on this particular court? Mm, not sure would Djokovic be as dominant as when Federer was was in his absolute prime which lasted a while but you know 0, 03 on to 010 11 when Roger was winning, you know, multiple Wimbledons. Uh, the court was it felt like a you know a little bit quicker. Uh, the ball moved a little quicker through the air uh, and through the surface. So, Djokovic again, curious. I love the way he started. Uh, he didn't seem to be awed by the moment at all. He backed up his talk coming into the tournament, saying he thought he was one of the top. I, w- I remember I kind of raised my eyebrows, you know, a couple weeks ago when he said at one of the warm-up turns, "I feel like I'm one of the five you know, best grass court players in the world. And I was like, I mean, potentially you are, but you haven't done anything to deserve that. Well, now he has. Now he's done something. He, so he backed up his, his talk. He said he was a favorite against Sitsapas. He went out and beat him in, in a cantankerous uh, match from both players. Um, and he made his way to the final. Got a little bit of help, obviously, from Nadal who pulled out, but acquitted himself extremely well today. And despite the chatter to his box, which was mostly who he spoke to, he spoke to the umpire. I thought what he said to the umpire about, you know, his challenges and the person in the crowd giving him a hard time in between first... I thought he was actually right about his discussions with the umpire. And what would happen? I said this on the air during the match. What would have happened if he'd been out of challenges? Uh, There was a couple balls that he didn't challenge that were actually in late in that fourth set. So... uh, that's why to me, they have to go to full-on electronic line calling uh, because there's too many mistakes. And you know we've seen over the years, well, there's a human element, and you know we want the human element in the game. and of course, Wimbledon has a tradition of the lines people you know, dressed up perfectly. and the, by the way, they get paid a lot of money to wear those outfits, um, not the blinds people, the Wimbledon does. So that could be part of it, just FYI. Um, but they could probably sell that uh, somewhere else uh, around the grounds if there were no lines people wearing whatever they're wearing. Um, but there's too, I think there's too much at stake, and because now we're used to the electronic line calling at so many tournaments, including other majors, it feels like Kyrios had a really, really good point. Like you're leaving it up to the players now to save their child. Even Jabour. In the, in the ladies' championship match, ran out of challenges. It didn't end up mattering because she lost the third set going away, but it, it at a, for a moment, it looked like she was going to break to make it 3-all. Uh, and if that match had gone 4-all, 5-all into a tiebreak, yes, you get one extra challenge in the tiebreak, but that could have been really costly. Now, you could put it on the player. I get that, um, that they ran out of challenges, and that, that's their fault. But because it's become the norm in so many tournaments and because the players are used to it, and we're used to it, the viewing public, the media, obviously, the television, but the public is used to it. You got the technology, get it right. I mean, I love lines people. I know we want to keep people in the game as much as possible, the professional game. There are lots of opportunities to be lines people and uh, chair umpires in lower level events, whether they're junior events or lower level tour events. So I think the time has come. The the majors actually agreed this year for the first time on pretty much anything of major significance in allowing there to be the similar end to the match. You know, this tiebreak at six all to be decided by a 10-point tiebreak. That's the first time they've all agreed to go to the same final set format. So I commend them on that. And I think it's time to do the same for this. Uh, I got the opportunity to interview Novak after the match. Um, Darren Cahill was on standby to do that, but he wasn't able to make it uh, to the match today because he got COVID. So hopefully he'll be okay. I don't think he's very sick at all, but it has been going around. A few other people on our crew got it as well. So uh, I then was called upon to leave the booth and go interview Djokovic, which was which was a lot of fun and a huge honor to be able to do that. Uh, and I thought he he gave us a lot, you know, in the interview, uh, talking about you know how difficult it's been for him in the last six to nine months. And again, I mean, I've said this many times. I don't agree with his stance on not taking the vaccination. I think it was a mistake. But then again, it's his decision. He stuck to it, and he's paid the price. I mean, he's paid the price not to, you know, sitting in jail in or, you know, something like jail in Australia, uh, being thrown out of the country, not being able to play in so many tournaments, maybe not, likely not being able to play in New York at the U.S. Open. Um, So it was uh, I thought it was interesting is the wrong word I'm thinking of another word we saw a little bit inside of him tell me you could help me with the word of how it affected him you know we heard snippets during the last couple weeks and but I think we got to see you know at a vulnerable moment because he kind of lets his guard down having won the tournament I believe that it was a huge um, relief to him in some ways. That he's been carrying this with him for you know months now. That people are against him, and he even said in the interview, you know, I went to Dubai, which was his first tournament after the Australian Open, and people were sort of looking at him and looking at him funny, and you know, what, not giving him respect or just you know, again, not agreeing with his decision, which many people don't. I don't, uh, but he had to live with it. And he's a famous person, and he's a great tennis player." I have a lot of friends of mine that, not a lot, but I have some friends of mine who didn't take the vaccine for a variety of reasons. I don't get it. I mean, I took the vaccine for one reason and one reason only. Well, not one reason only, but to get the world back to normal, meaning to do my part. The government and the health officials asked us to do it. Was I worried personally about getting sick and dying from COVID? I know personally, I wasn't. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. Obviously, I've heard of people healthy and you know relatively young um, getting it and, and getting super sick. Was I worried about my 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 family getting it? Did I have three you know teenage daughters? No. Uh, did I want them to get it? No. My wife the same. But we did it because we thought it was the right thing to do. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, uh, so this is what our governments asked us to do to get the world back to some sense of normalcy, which we're still not entirely at, but we're a hell of a lot closer. Uh, and I'm not a health expert, but I would argue that the reason we're a hell of a lot closer is because of the vaccine and because, you know, we've learned about the virus and we've learned who can be effective and affected. And I'm here in England. And I mean, it was like, it didn't even exist. I mean, walking into restaurants, walking around town, in the booth, there were no issues um, from this country. Now, we see it's going up in our country. So that's another story. So we'll see what happens over the course of the next few months. But I said it as a tennis fan to Novak, having listened to what my brother said as I was getting ready to interview Novak, that we as tennis fans would like to see him back playing at the U.S. Open, playing in the big tournaments. Uh, And if people think that's going against, um, you know, I'm a hypocrite or whatever, I don't worry too much about that. I don't think that's the case at all. I just think that, The guys paid the price. I would wish that everyone had gotten the vaccine that could get it. I think that the people that didn't get it didn't do their part. Uh, But here we are. I mean, we're going to hold grudges for the rest of our lives. We got to move on. Most people have gotten it. And in my view, again, not being a health expert, that's primarily the reason that we can all sort of get back to some sense of normalcy flying around the world if we're lucky enough to do it, going to the grocery store, going to the movies, uh, kids in school, the whole thing. So I thought we saw a window into Novak there that was that was revealing. I hope he can play. I think he's going to be exhausted after this. You know, when he's got time to sit back and let the pressure off. I also hope that Rafael Nadal can play after having to pull out before the semis against Kyrgios. That would have been a hell of a match. Uh, Kyrgios absolutely had a chance to win that, even if if Nadal wasn't 100. percent I think for sure he would have won it. If Nadal was at 100%, uh, then it would have been real interesting. I mean, Nadal could still lose, but he could definitely win. Um, so let's hope that he can get that stomach muscle healed and get himself ready to go. So I am going to say goodbye. The sun is just starting to set here in SW19. It's been an amazing couple of weeks here. Thank you all for listening. We will continue with the podcasts. Uh, in the next week or so, once we get back home, get settled, and start looking ahead to a summer of tennis, and start thinking about what the U.S. Open and what the tournaments leading up to those look like. Elena Rybakina with a strong performance, beating on Jabor, just overpowering her, too much firepower. Uh, after a tight first set, you know she found her range. She's one of those players that you go in and you say, you know, why why not her? That's what women's tennis has been about. For the last couple of years, why not her? Can she back it up? That's the $64,000 question. Uh, Definitely ironic that a Russian-born player now representing Kazakhstan, uh, we understand why she did that. I don't blame her for doing that. Athletes from all over the world do that, not just in tennis, but in all sports. But, uh, I mean, you have to admit it's pretty ironic that a woman who was born in Russia, raised in Russia, and from my understanding, for the most part, lives in Russia still. Her parents definitely live there. Uh, wins the Wimbledon title. And, and, and there was the Duchess handing her the trophy. And guess what? This is why I made the argument after going back and forth on it before the tournament for the month so leading up to the tournament, saying they should let everybody play. Because guess what? They handed her the trophy and nobody cared. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, it happened. The tournament happened. This statement that the All-England Club made by not allowing, I don't know. I just, to me, it seemed like way more trouble than it was worth. And then, as it turned out, you know, the tours took away points. you realize that Novak Djokovic will be ranked number seven uh, tomorrow? Probably as you're listening to this, when you hear this podcast, the new rankings come out in the middle of the night or Monday morning, early New York time, he'll be ranked seven. I mean, and I don't, I actually don't blame the Tours for taking points away because it's the only card they have to play against Wimbledon or the other majors because they have so much power that they can basically do whatever they want. Yes, they talk to the Tours, and yes, they try to get people to, you know, agree to their decision, but basically they could do whatever they want. And that's what the All England Club in the, did in this situation. And I believe I'm actually proud of the Tours for doing it. I think it's thrown everything upside down. With the rankings and so on uh, But I guess the, you know, the world is thrown things upside down Over the course of the last couple of years With the pandemic You know, tennis survived for a while with no Wimbledon and, and not a lot of tournaments And no fans So we've been through We, collectively, all of us tennis fans Have been through a lot uh, Djokovic deserved to win the title Rabakina deserved to win it. She had some great wins along the way Jabor Awesome story for women's tennis, for women's sports, for her Arab countries, African continent as well. She'll be around. Uh, Serena, hopefully, she can come back, play a few tournaments, try to give it one more go at the U.S. Open. You've heard my thoughts, I believe, on that. I hope that happens. And I hope that you will all continue in listening to Holding Court here. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.